Hi, I think I should, I don't know, quit my job or something. Hello, uh, sorry for heavy waiting. I know the stream was originally planned for the uh, 7 p.m. But things happened and I could not be at 7 p.m. So here I am at the 8 p.m. And please welcome, I'm Pavel Spechalski. And for the next hour or so, because I'm not sure if we're going to keep it for the two hours today, I will try to entertain you. I will be like the Robin Williams. And I will try to entertain you, but we will not uh, play Robin Williams uh, today, mainly because last time I did that, then <laughs> it turns out some somebody has the royalty on that, <laughs> and the whole stream was uh, demonetized. So um, I'm Pavel Spechalski. Uh, this is Saturday. This is evening over here, and we're gonna talk about the RCFPV and all that crap. And like probably you noticed from the. Uh, from the title of today's stream. Today's topics will be mostly about what is the best, well, um, FPV system. Uh, Peter, to answer your question, yeah, the kit is alright. Uh, it was mostly a precaution because she had a high fever, but luckily everything and then turned out it was a virus with a bacteria. So let's say everything is fine. I even went today with her to the swimming pool. So let's say that everything is fine. Not great, but uh, good enough. And uh, today we're going to mostly talk about what is really the best uh, RC and FPV system for the RC. Uh, I will probably try to record uh, to a video, like full length, full length, full length video about uh, this topic. And you know what? I think I already know who actually the winner is. And guess what? It's not analog. It's not walk snail and it's not HD0 as well. So um i don't know if uh, this kind of resonates with what you think but uh, after the latest changes that happened actually to the dji uh, fpv system in form of uh, wtf os and the msp display port and the roots and the hacks and, and stuff like that uh the dji actually is kind of like pretty super awesome really like really this is this this thing this thing has honestly a potential and uh, you know what's even funnier than that? It's not that expensive. <laughs> I mean, it is expensive, but uh, comparing to the competition, uh, DJI, I think, is only slightly more expensive than the analog. Okay, ex more expensive than analog. Uh, not slightly, but, but more expensive than analog. But it's cheaper than the walk snail. And uh, comparing also the capabilities of the system, it's cheaper than the HD0. Um, because with HD0, you need this receiver, you need the goggles. And uh, the goggles that HD0 will show will be like 600 bucks. So, like, okay, yeah, this thing is really not that great. And you can buy the goggles right now for 430. So, it's not really that mess. Maxon1, uh, hello, good evening. Uh, it's not Patel, it's not Powell, it's P A W E L. Actually, E L W, but you do not probably have this. Uh, letter this accent in your vocabulary so l is uh, just fine anyhow uh, 30 concurrent concurrent uh, concurrent viewers only 14 likes so please bump uh, the like button because after all you are here right you don't have <laughs> anything better to do uh, also today we're gonna talk about the inav6 because the inav6 is coming along 
And believe it or not, uh, quite a lot of changes will be packed into the INAV6, including some fancy, hopefully, this is this is not 100% sure, including some fancy new artificial horizon code that hopefully would get rid of the pesty horizon drift. So kudos for Julio who tried decided that uh, he will like spend this time trying to do so. And, um, and quite a lot of other changes, including brand new filtering, uh, brand new filter that actually turned the seven inches into something bloody amazing. <laughs> no, really, honestly. Uh, but we will not go to the details at this very moment. Attila Fustos uh, went to the, some FPV today and my car broke down. Ooh, man, sorry to hear that. A broken car is always like... FPV got expensive, but ooh, cars got even more expensive. Uh, and actually had a sk schedule for paragliding flight today. So no paragliding for you, mate. Mm, so sorry. Sorry, mate, to hear that. Uh, I'm in this lucky position currently that uh, my car should not break yet. Yet, at least for like two or three years, hopefully. Uh, but then mm, I don't know. I don't know. And with the current prices of cars, and the fact that I have other things to pay for, I'm not sure if I'm going to bu buy a new car soon. Zbluga, uh, I suppose I'm fine. The last week was kind of bumpy ride, including me getting sick, including my kid getting sick, my other kid getting sick, my wife not feeling well. I had a huge uh, toothache, pain in my tooth over here. It's still pains and... Oh. <laughs> If, if if the prices of the FPV components went up, you have no idea how much more expensive the dent is, like 100% in the year, at least. Like, like when I heard how much I'm going to pay to fix this tooth, I said, what? Really? Like, come on, that's a lot. Yeah, well, that's that's life. Um, <laughs> uh, Alex FPV will new INAV will be good for 8 inch uh, cine lifter. Um, INAV is already good for the 8 inch cine lifter. If you are trying to fly your Cinelifter on something else than INAV or Ardupilot, you're actually kind of risking quite a lot. Uh, by the way, uh, currently the Umagaft, uh, the Tommy, uh, you know, the, the FPV pilot from the Rotor X, Rotor Riot, I think, uh, is currently converting his Cinelifters into INAV because he said, yeah, it's all great, return to home, not, but when somebody on the set turns on the video transmitter with hash, which has like that much of the milliwatts on the output and I lose FPV, I would like to have the option to run the position hold. So, you know, I, my Cinelifter do not crash to the ground and uh, I have a lot of problems. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing groundbreaking. Uh, nothing groundbreaking in terms of the filtering, but for those pesky builds that have some kind of the resonance still, there will be uh, another automated, 100% automated, like no configuration at all. You just like enable this thing and it runs uh, and other stuff uh running over there uh alex using emu flight aina flies pretty close to the emu flight in terms of the performance a lot of things are basically the same uh like the but like the calibre filter so you know uh just go for it just go for it uh, i'm not sure if this f7 pro is uh, supported as a flight controller but you know having return to home position hold and stuff like that really like kind of helps really like yeah 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely, kind of helps. Um, Alien 82 started from analog, uh, had DJI, and went back to the analog. I cannot fly analog. Mm-mm. I, For me, right now, flying analog is absolutely pain in the posterior. Like, every time I have to, uh, because some of my airplanes are still analog. Uh, luckily, none of the drones. I think... No, one drone. One drone is actually still analog. I like. I lost. Like, no, come on. No, no. It, it's not that. Like, it's just inferior. Period. <laughs> no, no, Mark. No, it's not. No, no. You you have to stop living in the twenty sixteen. Really, like, no. It's changed. It a lot. A lot of things changed. And uh, with the new OSD, uh, the last really like argument, uh, besides of course the, the cash, because yeah, digital is slightly more, it's more expensive. But if you are starting, not really that much. Uh, then the last argument, not to go with the, the digital, no, it's it's no longer there. Period. <laughs> Unless you are the one that likes the noise, <laughs> then maybe yeah. Um, Oh, Rodesali, I'm sorry to hear that. So, no, your week was actually worse. Uh, 100% like, sorry, mate, to hear that. I hope everything will be fine. And I think that stage one is still quite early. Uh, so, like, go for it. Go for it. Don't, like, all the way forward. So, uh, and I really do hope that everything will, <sighs> like... It won't be worse than is. So, mm, yeah, still flying. Well, if like I never had uh, cancer, fortunately, my wife had a few years ago. So I more or less know what you are. To some extent, I know what you are going through. In our case, everything is fine. In our case, everything is fine, so no problems over there, and I hope in your case everything will be uh, fine as well. I have to change. Uh, okay, stage one. So you're still. My she also had the uh, stage one. So, and it like, it was fine. Eh, fine. Anyhow, uh, Mark will get the digital next spring for some crafts. Uh, yeah, you go, <laughs> but don't get the walk tail. <laughs> I bet, I bet you do not uh, speak Polish. Uh, but few day, few days ago, I read a post on the Facebook on the Polish Facebook when someone was trying to sell the walk snail. Uh, because uh, he was definitely not happy with uh, how it works. Uh, I, I probably I should like remove the, the name over here, but never mind. And uh, this loosely translates as I will solve this crap because I don't give a fuck about playing with the modeler and setting up all that crap. I opened this yesterday, I went to the moment of binding and everything is like new. I have the box and all the additional things, uh, plus this cute teeny tiny drone, uh, plus this bloody awesome FPV system. Bluff. Blah, 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 blah. I will like continue. But if, if you read Polish, this is super funny. Like, 
<laughs> really like come on come on come on what's happened over there, there that, this has to be uh pretty <laughs> that had to be a pretty uh, pretty sad uh, first contact of someone with the walk snail fpv uh xjet hello bruce nice to see you around uh how's the spring coming having any good weather because uh, actually i was flying today you know and you know what there were four people flying today with me well total in four that was like this never happened in the last like three years that was first time in years since i flew with someone more than one person extra so i was like whoa there are cars on my flying field what's going on there and there are like four people already flying wow that was like that we had the avatar uh we had the avatar uh and you know what <laughs> There are a few things I had no idea uh, about the Avata before uh, today. Uh, first of all, I have some footage. Uh, first of all, well, this thing is chunky. Do you know that this thing is really like super chunky? Uh, let me mute this thing. Uh, this doesn't really look that chunky on the on the on the uh, in the images, but when you take it to your hand, it is really a chunky boy like it, it it it's big it's it weights a lot and you feel like okay this is definitely not that much of the plastic as expected originally so um in terms of well this is a cine 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 whoop so do not expect too much but it was flying i have even some uh chase footage of uh, me trying to chase the avatar uh, by the way chasing avatar is super hard you know what because it's so slow <laughs> Oh, you see, there was an avatar. Yeah, avatar flying, I'm flying, we are all having a great time and it's all fantastic. Um, I I was really struggling to keep up uh, after the avatar with my 7-incher. Uh, at one point I just fl started flying backwards because that, that, that that's, a, that's a better shot. <laughs> <laughs> the rich people are getting into the hobby now. Yeah, that's there's definitely something something uh, something to it uh miroslav jankovic hello from croatia hello from poland uh you know how much uh, will cost to put dgi on the 10 uh, 5 inch quads orca goggles scadix rattle can and i'm happy uh yes uh what you are saying is 100 correct however if you are just starting i did the math by the way I did the math and um, turns out that the but there will be a separate video about this topic so we will not be going uh, to this 429 bucks for the goggles and then uh, between 140 and 180 bucks per quad of putting that together that's correct that's not that's not a cheap thing if you have 10 then like one and a half thousand of the dollars for sure but good analog goggles are still like more because good analog goggles are like 600 bucks yeah sure you can buy some cheap stuff but yeah this is not really 100 percent comparable and then put one uh one quad into the air with the analog uh is 40 bucks for single camera and 30 bucks for the vtx plus antennas so it's around 80. so per quad it's twice as much but if you do not have to 
uh, 10 quads to to fill with uh, digital i do think that actually it makes sense to pay let's say this 200 bucks extra to have digital that's of course my opinion and you do not have to of course follow my opinion because i'm just pavel i'm just a bloke on the internet that says things uh, be just because he can uh by the way people too often uh, take opinions as facts and this is a huge mistake like <laughs> the fact that someone has the opinion in the internet doesn't make absolutely him right or her or it or whatever the neo pronoun crap uh, over there so so no uh, you might listen to me you might not listen to me this is my opinion only and uh, absolutely take it with that huge grind of assault like, like mm. absolutely uh bruce loving the foxy reaper extreme analog vtx really so solid and plenty of power yes absolutely the foxy really does pretty nice stuff but uh, to make things interesting if you try to check uh, how much this vtx actually is foxy reaper extreme the VTX is like you see 72 bucks. It's 60, 70 bucks. So it's still not the cheap one. Add to this like a good uh, FPV camera and a good FPV analog FPV camera is right now around 50 bucks. Uh, then we are already at 110 at some antennas and you're at 120 at least. If you buy the Vista, it's only like 20 bucks more. And still, the digital image quality will be better than the analog image quality. So I think, I, I hope that you know where I'm going with it. I'm not saying that this is true. And when you are have, when you have the when you do have the huge fleet to to convert uh, to it, then it it kind of starts to make difference. But if it is one or two quads, that's really like not that big of the practical uh, practical difference. Um, seven inch props aren't so hard depends on the prop of course so that's that uh, speaking about other FPV systems um, and you know what I think like the, the HD0 is in the worst uh, place right now I do think that from what is available on the market right now the HD0 is basically in the worst, uh, worst place because they are not cheap uh because you, right now you need analog goggles plus the stingy that hangs on top of them uh yes each quad is like 100 bucks okay uh but it offers much less in terms of the quality and uh, msp display port right now works on the dji goggles so so you know uh and the goggles from the <coughs> sorry the goggles from the hd0 will also not be a cheap goggles so you know, I think in this uh, in this competition, the only practical advantage of the uh, HD Zero is that this is the low latency system, and uh, that's all. Practically, that's all. Because uh, if you want to have one S tiny whoops, you right now have those uh, one S walk snails. Uh, walk snail has different problems, but that's a completely different story. Um, Steve at Dodgers, DJI FPV goggles, this into use with INF. Absolutely. Flash it with WTF OS and you have full blown OSD. And this is always a nice thing to have. Um, oh, this is a very good question, Pinnacle. Uh, how is the new SpeedDB F405 V3 stack so cheap? They had to find a source of cheap crap. 
<laughs> no, really, honestly, that's that's the uh, that's that's the only solution. I have no idea how they did that. Speed. Yeah, uh, let's switch here. Speedy F four hundred five V three. Uh, so, like, uh, you get the flight controller for how much? Uh, the stack is for 83, 80, so this is really, like, uh, super cheap. By the way, I have the pair of the, those 405, and there's a, there are problems with those flight controllers, by the way. Um, my, and my actual, I don't... If you're planning, if you plan to use this board with uh, enough, then don't buy this board. Uh, because what the SpeedDB did is they kind of messed up the output mapping uh, and the D-Shot does not work on this board at all. It just doesn't work on this board with INAV. With Betaflight is okay because they, they, they have different ways of running with D-Shot, but with INAV there will be no uh, D-Shot. I know because I wrote the target for this thing and we are basically right now waiting for the agreement from the SpeedDB to put this thing online. So So does that. And also they made a pretty strange choice because if I remember correctly, the SD card and the OSD are on the same uh, SPI bus. And nobody else does that. Everybody else, because the 405 has three SPI buses, you have uh, one for the gyro, one for the SD card, one for the OSD. But they, however, put both the OSD and the SD card on the same SPI bus. Uh, so that's kind of problematic, but it works. Both OSD and the SD card works, but that's kind of problematic from my perspective. Uh, Alex FPV is Matic 12 volt uh, BEC good for power cine camera? Uh, no, mm -mm. no, I don't think so. Um, I mean, what kind of the cine camera? Uh, that's that's the biggest uh, question over here. Um, to be honest, I would not power the cinematic camera from the same battery that goes to the motors. I would not. I, I would uh, have the camera powered independently. Uh, because, uh, yes, you can have good filtering and all that crap, but uh, still, please all remember that uh, there are huge inductance loads on, on this, the motor's noise electric going left and right. Uh, so I would not. Uh, Matex, from the perspective of having just the small and cheap uh, BEC, then I think that the Matex makes one of the best. And uh, my first choice is which uh, BEC to use, a cheap one or from the Matic. And if there's something slightly more expensive than, I don't know, the cheapest scrap, then I always choose the Matic one. <laughs> uh, but I would not power the Cine camera from, uh, from the same battery as you power everything else. Absolutely not. Uh, those things are too fragile, too expensive. Too, and they, are, they were absolutely never designed to be powered from something like that. So I would not. Woxnail, uh, that's Mark's, uh, Mark's talking. Uh, Woxnail currently on the paper checks all my needs on the list and has uh, to get their OSD and firmware fixed, while HD0 does not promising on the OSD side at all. Uh, so it goes like that. The Woxnail and the HD0 and the DJI WTF uh, OSD uh, it's exactly the same OSD, I mark. There are no practical differences at all 
this is exactly the same if we are talking about the performance and the set of the elements and everything uh, this is exactly the same technology this is msp display port so i don't think that there's much difference over there uh walk snail sure probably in the few months walk snail will be fine because in my opinion walk snail just released uh, much too early much 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 too early uh, the system was just not prepared, not tested, but I, they decided to go with the Premiere uh, either way. And uh, this is why, well, um, yeah, uh, that's too early. And there is VTXs uh, do not have the reputation of being the toughest one out there. And every 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 week or even more often, someone complains that look my VTX just like pfft, it's not working anymore. So there is maybe something uh, over there. Robert Rosser, hello mate, uh, nice to see you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Blackest Tech HD Zero renders the OSD with four hertz and with one second delay. Uh, this is. Maybe it will be better. Maybe it will be faster. Uh, for the airplane, I personally think it's not that bad. Uh, at least that's my opinion. On the quad, eh, who gives? This also depends greatly on how many elements you will put on the OSD. The less elements, the better it will get. That actually, uh, yeah. But like I said before, in my opinion, the HD Zero is probably the weakest is probably the weakest of the of the four systems that we have right now uh, because well it's mm, too little too late uh, if profit you survive the covid that great <laughs> we should all survive the covid <laughs> so that's that uh Upper the harm uh, is intrigued by Woxnell, but cannot consider it until they have the VRX uh, module. No option for analog. On other input is a non-starter for me. Yes, that's a problem. Def that's definitely the problem with the Woxnell. You just do not have the analog at all. Period. No analog. Like, uh, uh It doesn't matter unless someone will make the analog receiver with the HDMI output, which probably kinda is doable. <laughs> But that's a completely uh, different, uh, different, uh, different thing. Uh, I think FPV Fat Shark did the same thing with uh, Byte Frost launch and incompatible products because wow. Um, I think with the shark bite, bite frost, whatever, it was probably something completely different. Um, back then, from what I know, the financial situation of the fat shark was kind of well, <clears throat> it kind of sucks. And because there were already rumors that um, DJI have something, and I, or even DJI already showed something, they kinda had they had they had to keep the hype to get uh, 
to get money to get uh, investment or something like that and this is basically the only but by the way the, the fat shark was only the front end of this thing uh bite frost whatever we're gonna call this this were from the begin from the beginning this was this was the divi map uh, which we know right now as the hd0 so uh <laughs> That's that, that, that was, exactly that was a crappy product, but this product was uh, on the market, not even really on the market, not to be used by the people, but only to show investors that they are working on something and please buy us because that's the best uh, best thing to do and 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 that's all. Uh, but look, does even the Fat Shark sell goggles? Still, can you buy the analog goggles from Fat Sharks? Because we know that the Fat Shark the, the Dominator is really like the walk snail, and they do nothing, absolutely nothing. So, can you even buy new HDO two? Is this really a thing? uh get fpv is this really a thing they are still on the market whoa they are even on in stock whoa impressive um apparently you can buy i wonder what's the manufacturing date of this thing if this is not still like 2020 um who knows um Fat Shark. Fat Sharky, not Fat Sharky, but Fat Shark. So we have the Dominator, which we know they are made by the Walksnail, or the company that works for the Cadix, whatever. But do they even still say anything about the their previous Shark Bite? Oh, this is interesting. Um legacy 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 everything is bloody legacy headsets dominator hdo2 oh, apparently they still have this on their website um manual yeah whatever uh shark bite <laughs> it's no longer a link you cannot link you cannot click on the shark bite over here so so yeah okay by the way how much are the uh, 499 that's a lot that's really a lot for those goggles i don't personally i don't think that those goggles are worth that much i don't um uh, the gi goggles because the gi goggles right now oh they went up no but we we're gonna talk about them in a minute. Uh, so DGI FPV goggles, because you can buy this thing currently for four hundred twenty-nine, and you can connect analog to that. You can even probably connect a lot of other things to the to that. So so you know. Uh, Skyzones 04X. I loved Skyzones. I had two Skyzones before I switched to Fat Sharks, and you know what? In many, 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 many ways, the Skyzones were just better than the Fat Sharks. Fat Sharks were the first one, and they got a lot of hype, and a lot of people were like, Ooh, Fat Shark is so amazing. 
uh, but I had Sky Zero One and Sky Zero Two, and I honestly think that the, they they were inferior even to H Two O, if not the fact that uh, the H Two HDZ HDO, yeah HDO, and know the fact that they can just OLEDs, not the regular LCDs. But like even the built-in module on those uh, goggles were just fantastic. So absolutely the fat sharks were uh, not like really like yeah. Uh, uh, MSP OS, uh, you mean the WTF OS <laughs> has option to disable blue screen on analog. Uh, if you can, I, I never checked because I only converted like one goggles and the one uh, Vista because of the lack of the time to WTF OS. But if this is true, then this is amazing. This is really like super cool because the blue screen we don't love, we don't like it. Absolutely, we don't like it. So that's in my um, option the the reality. And now let's talk about the INF6 um, from the top. And now, let's talk about INAV6. Uh, usually, INAV uh, major version is released every six months. And uh, according to the schedule, the next uh, INAV, in this case INAV6, should be released somewhere in the November, December. However, I think that this time it will take slightly, slightly longer. And there are a couple, couple of reasons for that. The reason number one is that we've been releasing two major versions of INAV per year since like three years now and this is exhausting to be honest next reason is that uh, quite a lot of pilots were complaining that we are just releasing too often uh, i this is not something that i completely agree uh, in terms of the need to update because i'm updating INAF all the time but uh, i understand that for in some cases the constant updates might not be actually a desired thing and uh, reason number three is that if everything goes well then INAF 6 will be really a huge release with a lot of changes and even only testing of that will take quite a lot of time uh, so most probably if you ask me the INAF 6 will hit public in Q1 2023. I would personally say that most probably around March. Maybe slightly earlier, maybe slightly later, we will see. But I don't think that we're gonna have it in uh, December. That's, of course, my personal opinion at this moment, but let's say that my opinion is actually quite an important opinion on the INAF, so we might even say that this is almost <laughs> almost the fact. Not not really, but uh, that was might really like happen. On top of that, uh, INAF 6 will actually bring to the table something that's pretty much huge and if I say huge that this is really huge if you ask the community what's the biggest problem of INAV the community most probably say that this is the horizon drift and right now we have a pretty good chance of not to have a problem with the horizon drift anymore because the Julio decided to port the artificial horizon from the Ardu pilot and uh, looks like apparently it's working pretty amazing 
So, uh, if everything will go great, then INAV6 will hopefully solve the this teeny tiny problem of the horizon drift. I know that currently there are still a couple things not working 100% up to the expectations, because, for example, if you try to do the flippity-floppy with the craft that doesn't have the GPS, uh, so that means that the uh, centrifugal compensation, thanks to the GPS, is not working, then the horizon drift is even worse <laughs> than currently. Uh, but if you ask me, uh, even if this will not be fixed, I will be willing and will be advising of actually merging this thing because the artificial horizon is usable, really makes, makes use uh, if you do have the GPS. And because if you do have the GPS, then there is a pretty good chance you want to go, you want to use loiter, you want to use position hold, you want to use return to home waypoints, etc., etc. And those are the flight modes when the uh, artificial horizon makes most sense. If you do not have the GPS installed, then most probably you are into the acrophilibly floppy, and then the artificial horizon really like meh, because there is almost nothing that you can use the artificial horizon for. So um, even even assuming that uh, those problems will not be resolved, I'm in favor of merging as it is, uh, because that's why. And and there is an alternative solution to the artificial uh, horizon drift prepared by a completely different developer that Marx just said that it's also working pretty nice. So this I leave to the Mark and the team. He's like one of those uh, testers that is checking what's going on down there. I leave it up to him. I will concentrate on slightly different things including cine lifters and stuff, cine flight. I, one day I will make the cine flight, but let's not talk about that today. To sum things up, INAV6, most probably first quarter of the 2023, and with the artificial horizon drift fixed, if you have the GPS, maybe even without it. Who knows, who knows, who knows? But I think this is a good news. Okay, I still have to... Now, here's the next video you should watch. In the meantime, I'm Paweł Spechalski. Thank you very much for watching. And like always, happy flying. You see what I did over there? Now I have a video recorded. I have so many videos recorded, I have no idea when to edit them. Like, really. Absolutely. Mark, like, really, you, Darren, and the gang, you decide on this. Absolutely, I, I allow you to that. <laughs> I cannot do everything. <laughs> um, so that's that. Mm, is there anything I wanted to add right now on the topic? Mm, I don't remember if there is something else I wanted to add at this moment. Um, like I was today testing something for the INAV6 that smooths out the multi-rotor options. So like, like there will be changes, but the artificial horizon will be probably like the 
the biggest impact over there. Uh, if, in, if this will work like expected, this will be a huge game changer. Like really, 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 really a huge. Uh, Ronald Pacheco, uh, can you use smart audio in HD0 with iNav? Um, if you... But I don't know, to be honest. I don't own... Actually, I do own, but I do not have this <laughs> even enabled. Um, I think not. I think not. I think it's not working. Uh, I might be wrong. It would be working if you are able to connect this in two different... Uh, serial ports but does even the hd0 has this smart audio i never use this so um, you know prophet you want to buy the matek 405 woman <laughs> matek recently is not like uh, the naming on the matek site is like eh. um f405 wmn can you buy it 70 bucks and it's yours you see no problem uh ian you should you should be able 70 bucks and it's yours plus shipping so but that's well yeah 70 bucks um locally no idea mine is like no this is the gps mine is somewhere here hanging around because uh, it's, it's waiting to be put into something <clears throat> Alex FPV, uh, what kind of the batteries I use my handmade Cine lifter? I have two uh, sets. Uh, I have uh, Tattoo Funfly 6S uh, 1550 mAh. Those ones, uh, but I have like uh, Velcro over here so you cannot see regular cheapest uh, fun flies and i also have something from CN cnhl uh, but this is my cine lifter for fun not like really like <laughs> but i'm running them in two in parallel but that's a completely different story uh to get out thank you by the way by the for the 50 Norwegian Coronas. Uh, DJI fpv goggles at 1.2 watts i struggle to get more than two and a half kilometer out at the sea level uh, Diaton Roma 5 has the tall antenna do I need a crystal patch antenna yeah you will kind of need uh, you will kind of need the the directional antenna every example I saw of the really like long-range flights with this thing were with the patch antennas on the goggles if you have them big enough you can no problem go to those 13 kilometers that is the maximum range uh, but you will need, need a directional antennas uh, because mainly of the gain. Mm, plus, let's remember about something interesting. Uh, the standard go standard antennas on the goggles are not really like positioned for the long range flights straight ahead. Uh, you can, they are like more to have the uh, every round around you cover range, not really for, for the long range. So I would definitely buy the patch antennas, but probably also I would not go with those like, you know, the, the, the Crystal HD, whatever. I would buy a proper uh, patch antennas, four of them, like place four of them on your goggles. So you have like the, the like, let's see if Google will be able to find something for us. Uh, DJI goggles patch antennas. 
images. We will be able to see some crazy images of that thing. No, 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 no. That's not really pretty impressive at all. Mm hmm. Nah. 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 Now, of course, I will not be able to find the the image I'm uh, looking for, but you can like buy a pretty pretty nice and high gain. Uh, left-hand polarized antennas for the something like that maybe maybe not th those antennas but uh, but you know oh maybe something something like that oh from Bardwell of course everything everything in this hobby is from Bardwell by the way <laughs> <laughs> everything is the hobby is Bardwell Bardwell is the hobby uh, something like that um, Uruwaf Pagoda you know, big antennas, because, yeah, there is some kind of the correlation between the size of the antenna and the gain of the antenna. Uh, Michał Szymanowski, hello! Um, SPV is Crossfire output available yet for INA for servos. No, but why do you want to have... Are there Crossfire-enabled servos? I don't think so. Really? Like, are there servos to which you can connect the Crossfire protocol? I don't think so. That stuff like that exists. Uh, DJI, sorry, not the DJI. Um, INF has something else. Uh, in INF you can output the SBUS stream and just use any other SBUS to PWM converter. Any. If your converter accepts SBUS, you can 16 uh, servos, absolutely no problem with INAV. You don't really need Crossfire for that uh, CRSF protocol. The SBUS is just enough. It don't need anything absolutely else. Bardwell the Godfather. Yeah, Bardwell is everywhere. <laughs> no, but let's be honest. Uh, Bardwell made uh, biggest like the business uh, in our hobby. And I would not be surprised if he's really like the only like the channel that is able to live uh, from their copy. I think so. Uh, Jan Kauja, is it worth changing DJI V1 to walk snail? No, mm -mm. I don't think so. Absolutely not. Uh, there is nothing right now. There is nothing that walk snail gives you that uh, besides the uh, option for the one S that DJI doesn't give you. And because you can use, uh, you can flash the WTF OS and have the MSP display port, like it's the same. Uh, VTXs are better, the goggles are eh, okay, slightly bigger, and you do not have the cost of replacing everything. And so, no, in my opinion, absolutely not. Uh, if you have, maybe if you have one or two quads equipped already with the DJI, but if you have more than, uh -uh, no, no. Mm -mm. That, they are absolutely 100% comparable system and there is absolutely no need to, to upgrade. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I like it. Bardwell is the supermassive know-it hole in the center of the FPV universe. Yes. <laughs> absolutely yes. <laughs> um... Um, Mark, if the DGI is dying, if the DGI is not dying, we do not really know yet. Um, I personally don't think that this is dying. I think that... I think, 
I think that their decision not to make the new goggles compatible was only to sell uh, the remaining stock on the DJI FPV goggles V2. That's my opinion on the topic. Um, by the way, today I was able to play a little with the Avata and those new goggles. And you know what? Um, I think they are good goggles in the way that, uh, no, I don't, in my case, for my face, they fit much better than the standard DJI goggles. And this is not even comparable. Uh, the image is good enough. The dioptria adjustment is fantastic. They are so much smaller, like really like, oh man, this is so light and so small on your face. So another great thing. Yes, the lack of fun can be a problem uh, in the summer uh, because, yeah, the condensation and so on and so on, that can be a problem. I, I On this, I, I kind of agree. On the other hand, uh, I had a goggles without the fun uh, some time ago and this was absolutely usable, absolutely no problem. So it was not really like that big of a problem. Uh, but it was a problem that, that I have to agree. Let's see how this thing will really work out during the summer and, and if this will be really a problem. And besides that, uh, I think that's all. I, I do like the goggles. I do like the goggles and I do hope they will make them compatible so I can switch my V1 uh, FPV system to those new goggles because just, if only the size. If really, honestly, if only the size and absolutely. Uh, Mechanicer, now that the Matek, Matek uh, dropped some flight controllers, do I know any flight controllers that have PDB for separate ESCs? <sighs> no. The thing is that no, the, the separate ESCs are a dying breed. Uh, nobody uses them anymore on quads. And uh, there is nothing, I think, recent or modern that I think can be a valid replacement for that. Um, by the way, how do you like my new softbox over here? Uh, it's, a, it's a new one because it's much smaller and it like folds much nicer than the previous one I had over here. So no, I sorry man, I'm not really aware of anything that can be a replacement. Mm, maybe at least direct replacement. No problem, you can take the single signal from other flight controllers. A lot of man, a lot of flight controller has S1 to S4 soldering pads, but they are usually not at the four edges of the four corners of the flight controller. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, so. You would have to search for something, I think. Uh, you say so, Mark? No. Um, no, Mark. I don't think that TE is a valid replacement for the for, for those flight controllers. With all due respect for, for Matek, I don't think that they really did a good thing over here. Uh, because the D-Shot does not work in enough, period. Uh, so, um, this, in my opinion, this disqualifies uh, the flight controller uh, for, for my usage. If you are only planning to use it for better flight, okay. Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, but it's kind of like, nah. Mm -mm. 
Uh, yes, you have pad over here and pad over here and pad over here, but uh, of the D-shot problems, no. Uh, this is why I don't really... This is this is why I do not really like consider the TE target uh, a good option uh, currently. That's all what I can tell about this. So... Um, uh, Black is tech, Mark, yes, I can explain why. Uh, because everything... <laughs> okay, how technical I should get? How technical should I get? This is this is a beautiful thing. Um, uh, will I be able to find the... How that document... I have to search for the DMA. No, okay, never mind. Uh, because of how the D-Shot is working with the INAV, and this is like with the DMA, you just uh, put a struct into the DMA stuff, and it just works out of the like auto magically, uh, direct memory access. Uh, however, because of how the STM32 is done, uh, the pins ports on the on the MCU on the microcontroller are connected only to the serial peripherals that means if for example a pin has no cannot be connected to the uh, any dma uh, stream then INAV D-Shot will not work. Uh, yes, you still can have big, you still can have bit banked uh, D-Shot on the beta flight, but it's a completely different story. And this will just not work because this pin has no connection, timer connection to the DMA stream. Uh, very similar situation is that any other peripheral is using the DMA stream you want to connect to because there are combinations that, for example, two pins uh, are connected to the single uh, DMA stream. And if uh, there is a clash between two of them, like two functions, then of course, one more time, this will not work. Uh, this, however, is mainly a problem on the F4, F4s and F7s. On the H7, no, it's not a problem. Because on the H7, the IO matrix is so flexible that uh, you can basically connect any pin to any DMA, like channel. You go, girl. I will show you something, by the way. I will show you something so you can uh, see that uh, by yourself. Mm, if we will... Uh, no, I will not go full technical. That would be just too much. Uh, let's quickly open, for example, the F405 TE target. So, this uh, last one, uh, number over here, tells us about the DMA assignment, to which stream uh, we can assign this. Uh, however, uh, in case of the F4s and the F5s, uh, the option is usually we can even use, we can either use 0 or 1. And 1 is the alternate one, <laughs> not the default one, but the alternate one. And there is really no, no option to, to change it. Like the Matek over here uh, says, uh, I closed the 
I close the link. So uh, S3 and S5 and S7 clash. If we S3, so this is PB15 on timer 1, channel 3N, and this is unfortunately in the conflict with the PB11 and timer 2, channel 4, because, like, you know, DMA is not working. So there is like no playground. We cannot switch this pin to any other DMA stream that is available on the, uh, on the MCU. However, if we, for example, take a look at the Matic 8743, you will quickly see that the last digit over here is like assigned to editing, like 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Uh, there is no, for example, no DMA on the S10, so this will not work at all. Uh, but we had some clashes over here. We had, we had clashes with ADC and, and other stuff. And just like assigning every output to the... Manually assigning the, the different outputs to different DMA streams automatically solved this problem. But this trick will, will not work on the F4. So unfortunately, this is the case. And there is uh, nothing we can do. Um, Mark, so then for INF on the quad, the H743 slim for Matek Hub 12S is the only option then, at least for the Matek hardware. Yeah, I think so. But this is this is the best. Uh, yes, the H743 slim is bloody expensive flight controller right now. I have to agree with that. Like 30 bucks extra comparing to the competition. Uh, still, you connect everything, you connect anything to anything on that thing. <laughs> I have this flight controller in two or three of my quads. In two, I think, of my quads. And I love the flight controller because everything just works. Absolutely no problem. But it's a pricey one. Uh, Kirkirov, uh, I have a problem with LED strip set. I mean, I know the color on the light of LED strip. I said via configurator does not match the real color. Is that the problem with my LED strip or I know LED strip? Uh, I never he heard of the situation that the color was different. I mean, uh, like the pinkish might really like more look like red but if you have a case that you should see red but you see green then this is just the lead strip uh, the strip itself not the INAF itself uh, SPV biggest limitation for small FCs is you either have D-shot or servo due to shared timers that's why I thought uh, crossfire out for servers is good but there is another fix that's even better. Um, SPV S boost out. Enough does it for like a year or two. You can output all servos to the external splitter and uh, and have fun. Absolutely nothing uh, stops you. Uh, Prophet might as well use the Atom FCs for quads right now. Um, I kind of agree with with uh, with Prophet. Um, for quads, currently, uh, the best flight controllers, I think, are made by Diaton, this is Mamba, and by the SPDB. Mm, that's my opinion. Uh, since we do no longer have the quad-oriented flight controllers from Matek, and I'm not counting a 405TE. By the way, I don't like the 405s, but this, this is me. Um, then Diaton, Mambas, and the... Uh, SPDBs are like not not the F405 V3 SPDB because this flight controller has problems. 
but that's that's just the reality. Uh, Riot9 H743 Slim has doubled in price in the last 10 months. Uh, no, uh, no, it has not. Uh, a year ago I paid 55, now it's 90. So almost. <laughs> almost doubled, uh, but yeah. Uh, Chris Whitehead, when is the WTF OS OSD update for INAF coming? Which update? Uh, because INAF works with WTF OS perfectly. So what do you want to update? The bigger canvas size, uh, so that we have more columns and the uh, rows. Uh, INAF 6. We do not plan to release anything sooner than that. Uh, until INAF 6 is released, just use the standard and, you know, have like compressed um, 4x3 uh, system over there. Uh, yeah. Mechaniker, everybody I know that have had the Atom FCs has some problems. Uh, I had zero, so you know, maybe I'm special, but my mama had me tested. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, so yes, Chris, uh, I have six. Nothing will come closer than that. Ah, uh, okay. Have we already talked about how pricey the HDO uh, two goggles will be? I think we did. Yeah, the things would be pricey. Mm. And really, like HD zero is currently the weakest, probably the FPV system. Okay, I have to do it. Mark, if you are still here with us, then uh, close your ears. <laughs> It will be about free sky. It will be about the free sky. And uh, basically this uh, the segment of the stream uh, will be kinda I would not be talking about that if not if not certain person that turned out is the employee of the employer, employee of the free sky nowadays. I, you know what I'm, who I'm talking about. Um, uh, but this, this doesn't really matter. Uh, so um, there was a comment under my video when I say that the dual band uh, receiver transmitters, uh, the free sky cells, but not only free skies are kind of stupid idea and it doesn't really make practical sense to use something like that because it just doesn't make sense, uh, in my opinion, because if you want to go for the low latency and high range, just use something like the Express LRS uses, like, come on, like, it works. And you can even have the low latency <laughs> with 900 megahertz if you only know how to switch the modes of the of the video of the RF chipset uh, correctly, like nobody's really complaining about the low latency of the crossfire, right? Nobody's really complaining. Oh, 150 hertz is just fine. And when you go long range, then you just go long range. Yeah, some people do complain, but this is not really relevant in this case. So that's a completely different situation. And uh, the there was a comment. Uh, who said that we should discuss that? Will not be well. We are kind of discussing this uh, this right now. Uh, 
and the argument that uh, the uh, this uh, tandem uh, tandem system is uh, actually kind of a great idea and this is exactly what the lost pilots uh, are uh, going for is because that uh, x12 uh, x20 tandem is uh, selling great for the uh, line of sight pilots and i don't i don't i i don't agree with that statement because over here we kind of mix two completely different uh, different aspects the question number one uh, is the uh, dual band tandem system a good idea in 2020 and the end of 2022 no it's not because of we just we just talked and you you can have basically exactly the same uh, the same performance without going dual band increasing the complexity and in general increasing the price of the system and like look how popular the express lrs really really is, is nowadays uh and uh, people kind of um, also take too much, look too much on the numbers. Uh, because I know, I know, I know you would not be able to distinguish between uh, 150 and 50 hertz on the refresh rate on the RC link if you are not a top notch racing pilot. You will not be able to guess it. Want the proof? Uh, there's a video from Bardwell, uh, with, I think with Stinger Swarm, when they tried to check if they were able to distinguish which one is the high latency, which one is the short light latency on the crossfire. Guess what? They were unable. So it's not it's not only me saying that. It's not only Pavel, even Bardwell and Stinger Swarm checked that, and they were not able to distinguish the, the high highlight high latency of the 50 Hz and the low latency of the 150 Hz. And I hundred percent agree with that. You just do not feel any difference. Uh, you will start noticing that something is wrong when you will start going below 50 hertz uh, many people will still not notice any difference be around 40 hertz but when you will go to the 20 then yeah you will notice that there is a noticeable delay between your action and the response of the quad then 100 percent sure if you start going below 50 you will might you might notice even quite soon that there is something wrong but in any other case, not really. And uh, you can just like slam the 900, uh, correctly configured 900, uh, 900 megahertz uh, system with the decent like 50 hertz uh, update rate and you are golden, just like that. Uh, so that argument doesn't work. And the argument that uh, line of sight uh, pilots are buying this because of that. But in, when you are line of sight pilots, you don't need those crazy update rates even more because you are flying line of sight. If the response of the, of the airplane and you are flying airplane. And over there, the, the crazy high response rate even, even that matter even less. So that's not their argument. However, uh, that was LRS. Okay, maybe. But still, it's exactly the same. You are just testing. Can you notice the difference? And the answer is no. You cannot notice the difference. That's the beauty of this thing. Uh, so 
I think the reason that the FreeSky X20 tandem is selling uh, that great, or at least uh, good enough, is that because this is just a nice and good radio. And people kind of like mix uh, one with the other. Uh, that uh, fantastic because this is tandem. No, it's not fantastic because this is tandem. It's fantastic because this is just great radio. And you know, like take it in your hands. Mm, yeah, okay, I like it. It's like kind of feels nice. Absolutely, we like nice things. And if the things is nice and it just works just fine and it's like thought through, then it will work just like amazingly uh, like that. Uh, Mark, exactly like. Latency. The last really like noticeable for everyone update was when we moved from the PPM to SBUS. After that, like meh, really like eh. Uh, but people, and by people I mean people, and those are people everywhere. People like to think that if the number is twice as high as the different number then just uh, this is twice as good but but this is absolutely not true uh like latency like resolution uh just look at the 4k versus hd uh, video somewhere uh, yes, maybe with the 4K, when you have full screen and you have high resolution, by the way, screen, you will notice that th this is like better because like the sharpness everywhere is better. Yes, I, I noticed, but I have also 4K uh, LCDs over here, so it's kind of it's visible. Uh, but can you say that the image of the 4K is four times better as the image of the HD? Is it? but it has four times as much of the pixels but is this four times as good and then you scale down to the uh, uh to the 720 and is it like eight times as good or not the answer is that and kind of rather not uh let's let's make a quick experiment let's find a video let's find the video in the youtubes uh, maybe not uh, this video, something we know that will be recorded in the 4K. Okay, uh, this is always recorded in the 4K. Do you know that when you watch in the screen like that, you're actually watching in only 2K, not 4K, 2K? But this is downloaded in the 2K, but still, this is displayed in... But I still have, I have 4K screen. If you would have uh, HD screen or something else, the resolution would be even lower. And so this is not even close to the 4K. Yes, when I will do something like that, then everything changes. But even right now, this is still not the 4K. Although here, <laughs> we, we are in the 4K. This is the start yeah. guide for you the see? Yamaha ZG. Okay, we will not be talking, we will not be uh, Harris. We will not be watching Harris right now. I will watch Harris later. <laughs> so, but that's that's the situation with, with everything, basically. Um, and people take that the higher number is just better because it's a higher number. And why INAF 6 will be better than the INAF 5? Because of the higher number. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, SPV, certainly fast FPV pilots still fly fast planes on ZUHA PPM. Absolutely. Absolutely. They can. But you... I have a ghost. I fly ghost, not the Express LRS. And with the ghost, I can go down to 12 hertz for the long range mode. And now you, you feel it's flyable. Uh, but you feel that kind of, well, something is kind of not right. Like, what the hell is really going on over here? Like, yeah, it's it's not even that the, there is a visible delay. It's more or less how the motor response works uh, because of the control derivative, the, the feed forward in the beta flight, the, the, the how, how often the signal is refreshed and the response go left. So this is really like complicated. You know, you know, you feel that something is wrong. But when you bump this up to the 50 hertz, everything is fine now. But what's more important, when you bump it to the 100 hertz, eh, but it feels exactly the same. And you bump it one more time to 150, 160, whatever hertz, and you feel absolutely no difference. So why to go there if you do not feel this, uh, the difference? Uh, by the way... Uh, some time ago, I made an experiment if you can feel any practical difference during flight between different ESC protocols. And guess what? You can't. The feeling in flight with multi-shot, one-shot, D-shot 150, D-shot 300, D-shot 600 is absolutely the same. You do not feel any practical difference in flight. Maybe if you were the top-notch like... 1% racing pilot, you will notice some difference. But the regular bloke? No. I I am one of the best pilots uh, in my area. I, like, I, I know it. I know it because of I know who's still flying and I know what's the, who's what's my colleagues uh, still flying colleagues. I was not the best when other people were flying, but I was like pretty high. I would Second, maybe third. Uh, that really like puts me quite high on the local area, like local, really 100% local. Uh, and I was not able to feel any practical difference between one shot 125 and the multi shot. So I can guarantee that worse beginners will absolutely not also feel any any difference. Uh, there was a difference. When you try to go to the standard PWM, the, the one that runs on only 500 hertz, then absolutely you feel that there is something bloody wrong over there. You feel it because everything wobbles because there is just so much delay from the gyro to the motors that uh, the quad goes out of phase and everything wobbles like that. So it's unflyable. But as soon as you sw switch to the sh slowest of them, uh, one shot 125, everything is like that. And you do not feel absolutely any any different. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Mark runs his servos on three hundred hertz on the quality builds. Uh, the question is, can your servo respond that fast? <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the question. Um, for the airplanes, uh, my experiments that in most of the cases I was not really able to feel. Even when I had really like good servos on the airplanes, not the cheap servos, but the good servos that were really like uh oh uh oh -huh, pr pricey crap. Uh, but uh, even then, 
Mrugrysek, check the documentation. I don't know the details right now. There is just a clash on the DMA and it doesn't work. So so no you would have to go through the whole like I don't I don't I don't, I don't feel like going through it right now. So you, you have to check everything by yourself. Like the data sheet and everything. Um so the only practical place where you need uh, high-speed servos are the three copters. Then yes, then you need a high-speed servos. Um, absolutely. Uh, SPV, so no real difference between D-Shot 300 and 600. No, you will not notice any practical difference at all. No, check it by yourself. It's simple, just change the configurator, change from 300 to 600, or from 600 to 300, and then change to 150. And I can guarantee, uh, with 99% probability, that uh, you will not be able to notice any difference, and if somebody else would be switching this for you and giving you a quad to fly, um, the error rate in your case would be around 50%, because you will not be able to find one which one is faster and which one is slower. Just like that. At a certain point, every system of the, of the delay uh, shortening the delay does not improve the performance of the system. And the quads and the airplanes are just the example of this this thing. If the total delay of everything that's, that's going on is uh, below a certain limit, then you have no bloody idea. You, it just flies as good as in any other, absolutely any other case. And that's just a fact. One day I will have to measure what's the really like practical delay of that i don't know what is it yet but i will have to do it one day on the other hand i think it's somewhere around uh, i don't know five milliseconds on everything maybe six maybe seven something like that but you will feel the difference if you go about 10 milliseconds. Oh, and don't even get me started on how much of the delay we have on the motors. This is really a beautiful thing. That's really a beautiful thing. But, oh, Micrathon FPV. Uh, yeah, you're late. <laughs> I think we will actually finish in like 15 minutes. Uh, because uh, why not? Uh, Ronald Pacheco, you cannot put that in the uh, CLI, but you know what? You do not have to put that in the CLI because I, I'm pretty sure that you want to do it because you want to try with WTF OS, right? I know, I know. So WTF OS uh, GitHub, but uh, you know what you should do? You should read the instruction manual. <laughs> Sorry for being sarcastic. MSP OSD. Go here. How to set up this thing for INAV. There is a full paragraph on how to set it up for INAV. Let's just... Uh, you see? Select HD0 VTX. Done. Nothing else besides setting the HD in the OSD tab. You do not have to run any magical commands in the CLI. And that's one of the reasons, by the way, I think INAV is better than Betaflight because you do not have to run those magical commands in the CLI. 
you just if we say that something works then it works and you only like select this thing from somewhere and uh, that's done uh spv in many ways INAV is in front of beta flight and in many ways beta flight is in front of the INAV. Uh, and I do mean in many ways. Uh, for example, where the beta flight is in front of the uh, of the INAV. Uh, camera control is better, analog of course, so it doesn't really matter. They have resource mapping that can save you some can save you in some of the situations. They have unified targets that uh, this is not for the user, but this is for the developer so that the maintenance is simpler. And they have bidirectional D-shot. Those are, and I'm not sure if this is a plus, but okay, they don't need a compass for red, return to home, which is really like control crash close to home. So those are five places when I think that beta flight is better than INAV. Where uh, INAV is better than beta flight, uh, simpler user interface. Uh, I, I do, there is much less to you have to set up during the setup of your quad. We have airplane support, we have the better OSD, uh, we have navigation, we have GPS, we have uh, LIDAR, we have range finders, we have all the magical things. But of course, it all, but down the line, it all depends on how you use the flight controller firmware, for what. And uh, if you are like flying only flippity floppy acro or racing, then most probably beta flight is the best option for you. But if you are flying this in a slightly different way, and uh, then most probably beta flight is not really a flight controller for you because there are just better options that will satisfy your needs better. And one of my biggest what the fuck moments is when I realize that there are people that are flying airplanes with beta flight. You know it. <laughs> With all due respect, that's just stupid. <laughs> no, really, like, but why? <laughs> but they fly it. Oh, it works great. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it does not work great. Come on, when what you are really doing over there? Uh, Acropilot. And uh, there is not such a thing as a late question. <laughs> Uh, I fly DJI with V2 goggles and Ironius. Uh, do you think wing pilots, pilots will have access to the new avatar camera systems? Uh, that this is a question, should you upgrade? Uh, or is the avatar, uh, Woxnail avatar compatible with the DJI? Um, I think you have to like uh, re re-ask your question because i don't understand what the question is uh, or rather um no you will not be able to use the avata work snail avata cameras with the dgi uh, and that's all or should the wing pilots move to avatar work snail avatar no i don't think they should 
because I, I do think that the DJI is currently a better system. Yeah. Um, Riot 9, Betaflight will should implement CLI only commands into the next GUI on a version bump, so or so was the philosophy. Um, it's not that my personal problem with the uh, Betaflight configurator is not that not everything is configurable from the user interface uh, because not everything should be configurable configurable from the user interface absolutely uh, the biggest problem is that the beta flight allows you to change with the graphical user interface settings that you should not ever change or gives you and doesn't give you access to the settings that you should be able to change that's the biggest biggest problem um, do I have anything flashed with beta flight on me um let's just like let's make an experiment let's make an experiment and i will i will tell i will, I will show you what i mean uh, flight controller i just have the flight controller lying on <laughs> in the box by the way right now i have two boxes full of flight controllers if i will one day sell all those flight controllers i will be a rich person <laughs> let me show you why uh, I do think that there is just too much of, of the crap. Like, uh, at least they got rid uh, of the uh, backup option from here. So this is fantastic that this is no longer here. This is actually good. Um, uh, presets. Okay, we have presets. Fantastic option. Presets are great. Presets are good. This is, this is good. Receiver. Um, and here here it's okay it's okay it's still kind of clutched with this thing and this thing and like smoothing mode but should you ever turn off smoothing why there is even a switch to turn off smoothing uh, when probably this should be always uh, on. okay you, you don't know probably i would not never turn off the smoothing in the modes okay fantastic motors okay we have everything required why the beach directional dishot is not enabled by default i don't know uh, in the osd sorry in the video transmitter why the vtx table is not uh, enabled by default and what's even worse why there is no preset for the vtx table over here why do you have to go somewhere copy paste it somewhere and worry about that that's that's a huge by the way, right now I'm talking only about the user interface issues. And I'm absolutely not saying that the INAV has the perfect user interface. I'm just showing you that there are places when the user interface and the UX user experience of the beta flight is well suboptimal. I, I don't I don't understand. I just don't understand why over here I cannot just click on any of those uh, smart audio presets. It should be there. It would simplify the setup of the beta flight so much. Yet it's not there. Okay. Okay, okay. Uh, black box, okay, fantastic. Configuration. Years ago, uh, INAV configurator configuration tab looked exactly like that. Like everything. 
everything is over here, including like, why do you ever really have to change the gyro update frequency? Or why do you ever have to change the pit loop frequency? Why? I don't know. Because most probably you never really should change it, uh, because uh, each uh, flight controller comes with the different defaults, like, and you cannot like grow this thing faster or slower or whatever. Useless settings. Um, here, okay, is this we can this accelerometer roll trim. Anyone ever like use this thing on the racing quad accelerometer roll trim? Why it's here? Uh, on the other hand, why, for example, the uh, what's there? Oh, why, for example, this is not enabled by default? Why the the dishot beacon is not enabled by default? I don't know. I always turn it on because it's such a useful feature. But the, the biggest problem is you go when you go when the PID tuning. And uh, bear in mind, I won't be even talking about. Uh, the uh, simplified tuning, which I don't think it's really simplified tuning, because I think it's more complicated tuning. I, this is not relevant. Who understands this? Who understands what happens when you change the dynamic damping from 37 to 45? What will be the change? Why is there even an option to disable an anti-gravity? Why there is an option to disable the item relax and so on and so on and so on? What I know there are like settings, but I can guarantee you that not 100% technical users who like like too much like I know I know how the PID controller works will not understand what it's really all about. There is just all those, those settings should be removed uh, because if you do not understand of how the setting affects your flight, you should not absolutely ever change the setting. And here we have everything. Matter output limit actually makes sense to have it, yes. Uh, suck compensation, thrust linearization, whatever, whatever, whatever. But how often do you really like had to modify the cell count? Why the setting is even here? Why? And why the cell count is in the PID tuning, not in configuration, or or like somewhere somewhere completely different else? What's what the cell count of the battery is doing in the over here? I don't know. Uh, but on the other hand, absolute control. Maybe it does something. Maybe it doesn't. On the other hand, oh, and don't even get me started on the rate profiles. How the rate profiles connect with the pit profiles? Oh, this this is crazy. By the way, this is also the problem with INAF. One day I will fix it. I will absolutely bloody fix it. Rate profile. Here? Okay. Here? This is important. This is important. This is important. Fantastic. Okay. Over here I have absolutely no problems with this page. But this page. Whoa. Every single filter is here. Even though most probably you should never enable this filter and you never enable this filter and you will never enable this filter. Yet you can configure every single uh, of those filters. And like, I exactly know what Gyro Low Pass 2 does. Gyro Low Pass 2. 2, not the one. Gyro Low Pass 2. Guess which one in the order of the execution Gyro Low Pass 2 is. Is it the first filter or the second filter? 
Guess. I know the answer. Unlike the name says, it's not the second filter. Filter. It's the first filter. But why then it's called the second one? Mm. And gyro notch filter one should be removed from, 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 from the code, not only from the user interface. Notch filter two should be removed. Determ notch filter should be removed. Uh, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. It's to some extent, it's cool that those options are here, but there is just too bloody much of that. It's for the expert only. And by the way, by the way, this is this is also very important. We have not even enabled the expert mode yet. What happens when you have your expert mode? You have extra settings. Why the cell count is uh, in the PID, not in the battery and configuration? Don't know. So this 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 is exactly what I have in mind when I say that no, Betaflight is not simpler to set up than iNav, uh, because there is just too many things that you can change, while most probably. You shouldn't be able to change it. But don't get me wrong. Uh, I think in INAV, we, we made exactly the same mistakes in INAV. Uh, and we were like putting everything. Um, do I have any INAV? Something INAV flashed with INAV. Oh, this this should be INAV flashed. Like, and I do agree that INAV is also in places slightly more complex than it should be. I agree with that. Um, I, for example, but this is my opinion, uh, and I know that uh, I will not be always listening on that. Advanced tuning tab is too complex in case of the INAV. There is just crap that I don't think that should ever be here, because there is just too much. I would most probably get rid of this. Get rid half of the second settings of here uh, and get rid also half of here. But here we have also have options for the navigation. So, you know, like a switch, at least simple, advanced. That actually, you know what? That might be something that I do. Anyhow, but those are extra features that INAV offers, like, like all the navigation GPS crap that INAV can do. But if we go into the PID tuning of the INAV, yes, you have PID, that's all. Nothing else you should absolutely change. Rates and Expo. Okay, rates and Expo and no extra stuff that you even don't understand what it does. We go into filters and what we have is one, two, three, four, five, six. And most probably this one will be gone as well because this doesn't make sense to have it either. So we're going to have like five sliders that's all with the names that explains what it is and some things in the mechanics which by the way i also think that most should be should be gone so this is for years people were saying that inav is too complex to set up oh inav is simple to set up comparing to the beta flight because inav offers you more options but INAV does not offer you to every single option you there, so you do not have that much of the choice. INAV is like the apple of the <laughs> computers. 
<laughs> we just do not allow you to change too much on the outside. <laughs> oh, uh, Arduplane. The problem with Arduplane is that it's... Arduplane could be so much better if someone finally redid how the configuration of the thing is happening. It's not that, in my opinion, that there are too many settings on the Arduplane, uh, because Arduplane does so many things, so it's obvious that it has so many settings. I just, one more time, I don't think that all of those settings should be visible to the user and presented as the list of the settings somewhere. If Arduplane would be super simple to set up if we just like throw this out and get rid of the options that are just numbers, like what the option 42 means, like who knows, don't know. Uh, no advanced tuning has some has some extra like features there so it's not really that that bad but there is too much i think there is just too much and for the let me connect quickly to to that for the regular user by the way uh oh and i forgot to tell, show you how still overcomplicated the uh fail safe settings on the beta flight are like you still have the same face of configuration like we had in 2015 in INAF and how much more advanced failsafe here, what can do INAF. We have only this, nothing else. No magical options that you can change and break something. Um, I wanted to show you something, uh, advanced tuning. In my opinion, the only settings that really an average multi-rotor, we'll be talking about multi-rotors in this very moment, pilot should change is the user control mode, uh, navigation speed, and this one and this one this one this one this one uh not this uh, and probably i think it makes sense to bump it to 20 meters and that's all those ah you don't see it <laughs> so this one should stay this one should stay mm, this one should stay this one should stay this one should stay and that's all i don't even think that land after rth should be visible in the user interface i don't think so i think the default always is is just good enough and if you want to change it then you should like have a special like go to the cli to change it because this is the safe option you do want to land after the return to home period um Oh, and absolutely, return to home abort threshold. Why do we even have it? We should not have it. Hmm. Yeah, okay, I have some thinking to do now. What to do with this page, because it's absolutely too complicated. Mm, Arduplane has Arduplane has a special way of handling everything. So, uh, <laughs> um, okay, uh, you know what, guys? I think we will be slowly ending for today. 
I think uh, the time has come. <laughs> uh, now, um, what do we do with the next stream? Um, the next stream, let me quickly check my calendar. Let's have a next... No, no, here, here, look like that. Let's have a next stream on the 22nd, probably. So in two weeks, not in a week, but in a two weeks. But uh, during the next week, somewhere I will try to fit the build stream because we still have this thing to build. We still have this thing to build. So, you know, uh, my Y4 uh, 3-incher. This thing is waiting still to be built and uh, Vista waiting to be flushed with the WTF OS. So we will be building this. I'm not forgetting about that. By the way, I, I like I like it. I like I, li I like what I did over here. Not from the flight perspective, but looks like that um, looks like a scorpion. Ah, Ufuzela uh, in Swahili. Uh, scorpion is Ufuzela. I know a few words in the Swahili, by the way. Um, Kumbvanyoka is the giant snake. <laughs> so I know Kumbvanyoka and Ufuzela. <laughs> okay. Mm. We will be ending for now. So thank you very much for watching and for joining me and for my rant on how complex the INAV slash beta flight is, because, well, it isn't. So um, let's see each other somewhere next week for the build stream and regular stream will happen in two weeks. Uh, so thanks a lot. Bye.